Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Media Literate. My name is Colton Elsie, and this is our mini-series, Media Literate Snack Episodes. In these short segments, we like to invite on a guest, and we ask them to prepare and teach us everything they think we need to know about any subject related to film, media, history, games, art, or anything. Today, I am joined by Dan. Um, hi, my name is Daniel Lark. I'm a PhD student at the University of Southern California in the Division of Cinema and Media Studies. Awesome. And Dan, what are you going to be teaching us about today? Uh, today, I'm going to be talking about the Italian philosopher Antonio Gramsci and his notion of cultural hegemony. Awesome. I've actually been really excited for this <laughs> because this I feel like this term comes up all the time and like... Mm -hmm. All of my knowledge in my master's program is just like my Google and Wikipedia <laughs> searches and like conversations in class. So I'm actually really excited to, to, to get some more background with this. Um, Absolutely, it's definitely an important term and concept within everything definitely. that we do. Um, okay, so, so Dan, uh, you know the rules. I'm gonna give you four mm -hmm. minutes to tell us like everything important that you wanna say. Um, and then I'll save kind of one big question for the end and we'll just do like a, a one minute kind of follow-up. But um, something that we like to do to make it fun is I get three random words from a random word generator that you have mm -hmm. to uh, incorporate. So let me let me turn that on and see what we get. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> what, what do we got? What do we got? <laughs> okay, we have bike, like bicycle. Bike. Could I could I use bicycle or do I have to say bike? Bike. Uh, I think I think bicycle is fine. Um, and then flower, like the plant. Okay, okay. And coffin like at a funeral. All right, all right. Let's, those are, that's an arrangement of words. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go ahead and pause the recording just to give you like a few minutes to, you know, put this in with your notes. And then uh, when we come back, we'll just turn the time over to you. Okay, great. I will give this a shot. A few moments later. Okay, we are back and Dan has had some time to fit those words into his notes. So Dan, I'm gonna go ahead and give you four minutes and I'll let you know at the two minute mark and the 30 second mark, just so you have an idea of how much time you have left. Okay, great. Okay, okay here we go. Three, two, one, go. Okay, here we go. So Antonio Gramsci, who lived from 1891 to 1937, was an Italian philosopher, journalist, politician, and Marxist revolutionary activist who was prominent in Italian political life during the early 20th century. So even if you haven't heard his name before, Gramsci's ideas have been extremely influential on political thought, activism, and research in the humanities and social sciences for at least half a century. While he wrote on a number of topics, Gramsci is most well known for his writing about cultural hegemony, which for Gramsci helped describe how the ruling class maintains control of the given society through cultural norms, ideas, and institutions, an idea I'm going to come back to in a moment. So Gramsci was born in Sardinia in 1891, and he spent much of his life in poverty and suffering from poor health and disability. Um, Sardinia is an island off the western coast of the Italian peninsula, and it's important to understand that during this time, Italy was only relatively recently unified as a country. The unification of Italy, called the Risorgimento, was completed in 1871, so the notion of a single national Italian identity and single Italian language had not yet taken hold in a poor, primarily agrarian province like Sardinia. 
So as Granchi uh, grows up, he's surrounded by and participates in a robust Sardinian nationalist movement. And while Gramsci eventually left this movement to work in mainland Italy, he never completely abandoned Sardinian issues, um, but began to understand them as part of the larger workings of an industrialized capitalist system. Later, he was elected to the Italian parliament as member of the Communist Party, where he served for a few years before being arrested and imprisoned by Mussolini and the National Fascist Party in 1926. Um, he basically spent the remainder of his life in prison, where he wrote a sprawling and fragmented series of essays that have been collected into what are called the prison notebooks. Gramsci would continue to write as his health deteriorated, deteriorated and he died shortly after his release from prison in 1937. Uh, Gramsci's ideas and writing are the product of a direct experience and engagement with the real conditions of poverty, privilege, exploitation, and disability, and exclusion. And his notebooks cover a range of topics from history to language to popular culture to folklore. Um, while, while Gramsci's uh, writing was uh, influential in the Italian world after World War II, which you can see in Italian neorealist films like Bicycle Thieves, it wasn't widely translated into English until the 1970s, where it enormously, enormously influenced thinkers in cultural studies like uh, Stuart Hall at the Birmingham School. And while I can't cover all of Gramsci's ideas, I think it's important to discuss at least his idea of cultural hegemony. To put it simply, Gramsci was interested in a few major questions. What are the limitations of Marxism's privileging of the economic base over ideological superstructure? What, are the role, what is the role of intellectuals in a society? Uh, what, should what should children learn in school? And how does the ruling class convince the populace to accept their rule? And it's this last question that really gets the Gramsci's understanding of hegemony. How does the ruling class maintain their control of a given society? One way is through coercion or force. Another is through cultural hegemony. The ruling class develops and disseminates a vision of reality with a set of norms and ideas that they represent as universal. This quote, common sense, as Gramsci called it, is understood to be valid and right for all people, even if this sense only represents the interests that benefit only the ruling class. For Gramsci, schools, universities, and media are key institutions where these norms are produced. And so I would argue that Gramsci and his work provide us with language and explanations for understanding our present day political climate. A quick but extremely obvious place where we can see this is there are the numerous bills passed in state legislators around the, state legislatures around the country that ban the teaching of critical race theory. So in New, Hampshire, we in New Hampshire, we have this like teacher loyalty bill, which would prohibit uh, a teacher from like accounting for negative sorry, uh, which pre prevent teachers from discussing, quote, negative accounts or representations of the founding of the United States. Um, a Republican-backed bill in Wisconsin even prevents the teaching of the word hegemony itself, right? So for <laughs> Gramsci, schools privilege certain types of knowledge and know-how that benefit the social order it is designed to reproduce. So to make this clear, if the GOP had its way here, this would prevent educators, who for Gramsci were key figures in the reproduction of, but also resistance to hierarchical social relations, from teaching the very ideas that might accurately describe this situation. So this entrenches their power and erodes our own inability to understand why things are the way they are. You might say it's one of the final uh, nails in the coffin the GOP has for democracy. Um, and, and you know, it's part- Time. Um, okay, <laughs> I sort of like- <laughs> No, that's good. But I can finish my last sentence. Um, you know, yeah, and this go. is what Gramsci intimately understood about the flow of power in society, its relationship to culture, um, and the flowering possibilities of education. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Good. Um, <laughs> very good use of the words there at the end too. I love the the bicycle one. Um, okay. Um, that, that was, was just the flowering it's... earlier, but then I forgot. Like <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you remembered is good. Um, that was a lot to cover, but uh, it's a really good overview. A lot of stuff I actually didn't know, so I like that. Okay, great. Um, so I'm going to set it for just a minute. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to ask like a follow up, and then we just talk about it. I just have like two 
kind of questions that I think that I think are are good. So I'll um, ask that and then I'll start the timer. So I'm curious mm -hmm. on question number one, um, and you can answer this once I start. Is did he coin the term or did he pull it from like a combo of things? And question two, how did he get his letters like out? Is there a history about kind of that? Oh, sure. So I'm curious on those um, two So to your first question, like where, oh, oh sorry. So where, where yeah. the term hegemony comes from, he didn't make it up. He sort of just popularized it. Um, hegemony mm -hmm. is, a, uh, is an, uh, a Greek term that refers to sort of the way that city-states in, uh, in the Greek world would exert control over a, an area and maybe a set of other cities um, and incorporate them into sort of their rule, right? And where they, that city-state would be the hegemon of that okay, collection. Okay. Um, and to answer your second question, um, he was just allowed to send letters and a lot of the letters that we have and the notebooks that we have were either notebooks that he had sent to his sister, um, for example, or letters that he had sent to other people, but he wrote a lot to his sister in particular. Um, and she was, I believe, a key figure in getting those notebooks um, out. But he was allowed to write um, write to right. people. Um, I, I believe the fascists did not prevent him from like having a complete, I, I'm sorry, I believe they did not isolate him completely from the world. Right, cool, wow, okay. And that's like four seconds left, so that's good. Okay, uh, well, Dan, thank you so much for telling us a little bit more about Gramsci and, and especially hegemony, because it's definitely a term that comes up mm -hmm. a lot. And this is well, a great a little background, so. Okay, uh, thanks everybody for listening. We hope to see you next week on Media Literate.